This is Prayer Realm Companion, episode 68, recorded August 31st, 2011. Petitionary Prayer. Why doesn't God answer me? Welcome to This Week in Prayer Realm Companion. I am your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and with me as always... Father Andrew Dickinson. And Father, you are in the thick of things with students having arrived and classes underway, right? Tripping all over them. Tripping all over them. We're tripping at the Newman Center. Uh, Whoa, dude. So, there Not we go. quite that way. Not quite that way. Not this decade, at least. Um, so, Father and I decided we would talk a little bit about prayer and it's sort of prompted by some um, some conversations that Father's having. Father, do you want to talk in general terms, at least, about, about the origins of, of this topic for today? Well, in many ways, it's a topic very uh, near and dear to any college campus uh, and a couple of levels. We're talking about, uh, you know, does prayer bring about God's intervention? Does prayer change God's mind? And, of course, that topic is very near to, to anyone on the college campus, especially students, as they, uh, uh, you know, worry about grades and things like that. And, well, I mean, if I... If I stay out all night hanging out with my friends and, you know, and pray that God will make my professor extend my, you know, the deadline on the paper. And so, of course, it naturally comes in in that regard, yes? Yep. Yep. Very and, natural uh, way for this topic to come into play. I, uh, the, um, the year I taught full-time um, on, on a college campus, um, I, I remember walking to class after a test, I was bringing, in fact, I was bringing the tests back. So, of course, students are always, you know, oh, what did I get? Um, and I think these were sophomores, too, and some freshmen. So, you know, still, like, sort of, not like the upperclassmen are like, oh, I, I'm fine and everything. Uh, yes, Father? Sorry, no. No, okay. <laughs> Awkward moments in podcasting history. Keep going. <laughs> Father raising it. All right. Um, and I told them, well... You can still pray, pray now, because grace works retroactively, but we can get into that later. So that's just my my prayer from the other side, the other side of the desk, so to speak, uh, prayer and college students concerned about uh, great anxiety. So anyway. Yes. And then also talking with uh, some people on campus. And of course, they're looking at this from more of the philosophical perspective. You know, does, does prayer really change God's mind? Does that mean God's mind is changeable? That God is changeable? That God is maybe not as solid or eternal as we might think him to be if my temporal and earthly prayers can move his mind? Right. And so I think that's that's a big question. Then, but I'll, but then on the flip side, it would be if God that if God's um, that if God is not immovable, if I cannot change his mind, then what's the point of praying? Because right. if he would do things, even if I didn't pray, what's the point of praying? Right, right, right. So so I think sometimes the one answer that I hear, so that it's sort of classic dilemma when it comes to prayers of petition or prayers of intercession. Uh, well, they just pray in terms of, of, of talking with God and so on. But, I mean, what, what is the point of petitionary prayer? Um, let's just focus on conversational prayer. But in fact, petitionary prayer is one of the recommended, highly recommended forms of prayer. And in fact, um, 
St. Thomas Aquinas, I think, says that it is, it, it's among, if not the highest form of prayer, because implicit within petitionary prayer is praise and adoration. Uh, and even in a sense, Thanksgiving, because the fact that I'm asking God to do something implies that I think he, in fact, can do something. Um, and so it's an implicit praise for his power and his love and his mercy. And it creates that natural orientation between myself and God that I am creature. He is creator. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, a good starting point, I think maybe existentially. Uh -huh. For this topic is when prayers when prayers go unanswered, right? You know, I think that's kind of the existential experience. Well, I prayed so hard that this would happen. I prayed so hard that my dad would be healed of cancer. I prayed so hard that we'd have a snow day. I prayed so hard, whatever it might be, and does it come true? Right. So, does my prayer really do anything, Doctor Burwell? Right. Um. Yes. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah I, I agree that's the when we I, I was just talking to a friend recently who was relating a past experience in life of losing a loved one loved one who, who got sick and they as you said they prayed or the examples you gave they prayed for the healing and it didn't happen so was my was my maybe my prayer was heard but it wasn't answered uh, seemingly so um i think so i think the first thing to to point out is that our prayers are always heard the I know it sounds sort of trite, and we can get into why the, the truth of it, but our prayers are always answered one way or another. And sometimes people in the midst of sort of that existential crisis don't want to hear that. Well, it's answered. Well, I want it answered in this way. Um, but that's not how God works. Uh, our prayers are answered. We, we have confidence and trust in that. And oftentimes later maybe years later um maybe even not this side of eternity but at some point we can look back and see how god not only heard our prayer but he did in fact answer it even if it wasn't in the way that we wanted and i think speaking as a father here um uh we can that, that makes sense sometimes you know my kids ask for things and it might be good things it's not you know can I have some candy? I mean, they might ask for good things, but for some particular reason that maybe they don't. Candy isn't good. Well, not always. Uh, okay. <laughs> ontologically, yes. Um, <laughs> now we're okay. So sometimes, but but they might ask for things that are that are good, but for reasons they don't understand necessarily, um, I I don't grant their desire, at least at that particular time. Um, there, and, and I think this is maybe the key here to this. Um, I, I don't give them what they want because there is perhaps some other greater good which, which they can receive instead. And I think that's the key. Your thoughts? Right. And I think uh, the Catechism uh, actually, when it talks about frustrations or difficulties in prayer, brings up that reality that sometimes God is wanting to perfect you in perseverance or also maybe to teach you humility. That is his, that, which of course is one of the greatest gifts he can give us, but it teaches humility through the action of a frustrated prayer. Uh, also, when we're petitioning for someone else, not just for our own needs, but interceding for someone else for the conversion of a friend, for the healing, for the health, God might want to perfect your love for them and your love for Him by giving you that opportunity to pray uh, intensely and continually. Right. 
right, right. And I think the first couple of things, perseverance and, and humility, are. Um, I think those are those are key in particular. I mean, humility in prayer. You refer God is the creator. I am the creature, and so that 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 certainly sometimes that is that is a, a greater good which He wants to give us. Hopefully, awaken us to what we are and what He is. Uh, and, and to grow in humility and that perseverance of course many times jesus gives the example you know persistence and you know the the the, uh, the woman who who knocked at the judge's door i mean all those different ways um, images that he used to teach persistence in prayer um why father why why does he want us to persist though i mean what's the value what is the good that is um attained by having to persist in prayer. Well, uh, it's the, the virtue of fortitude, virtue of fortitude to endure in that way. Um, that and that way, and also the strengthening of our faith and our hope in Him, and also a perfection of our love as well. That all those virtues are strengthened. Remembering that uh, this goes to the full Catholic perception of what a human person is. That there is something substantial to you, something real to you, a substance to your your soul and your spirit uh, that can and is formed and, and needs to be built up. As opposed to just, you know, if I say I value prayer, well, that's great. But do I have the pre- habit of prayer, the regularity of prayer, consistency of prayer, continual prayer? Uh, and I need to, uh, need to grow in that. Back... Um on Sunday, August 14th, the gospel reading was from uh, Matthew chapter 15, and it was about the, uh, I think the Canaanite woman um, uh, who, who approached Jesus and the disciples, um, and, and son of David, uh, have mercy on me. And, she, and, and the disciples say, send her away, for she keeps calling out after us. Like, get this, get this Ford, this pagan away from us. She keeps bugging us. Yeah. And, and, and she, and she. Well, has greater faith than we do. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, she persists. Um, uh, Lord, help me! And and the whole—that's where Jesus, you know, why I didn't, you know, what is it? I didn't come to. He came to the children of Israel. Um, the whole throwing scrap or dogs feeding the dogs or whatever. But even the dogs eat the scraps, and then he rewards. I was sent only to the faith. lost sheep of the house of Israel. And then, yeah. and then, what is it? What is it? What's a whole dogs reference? Oh, woman, well, great is your faith. Sorry, right? before, great is your faith. Is right, you're looking at. Well, just before that, actually, when he calls her the uh, a dog, <laughs> is that right to throw the food of the child to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs? Exactly. And she said, "Please, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters." And then that line that you just read. O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. So I think there we get, I mean, in a very mysterious way, um, uh, confusing way, frankly. Where's, is it, where, where's the loving Jesus that we we at least imagine um, existed? I mean, just the way he re- interacts with her. But then he rewards her persistence um, and, and grants, grants her desire instantaneously. Um, so I think what I was thinking of faith, I mean, that, what you, your point about what's, what, what's attained in perseverance and prayer, um, at least for me personally, what I'm, what I'm particularly con- cognizant of uh, in that regard is, is 
growing in faith, um, that, that by per persisting in prayer, while what one might think that it, it actually lessens our faith, well, God's not answering my prayer, by actually persisting in it and persevering, we do, in fact, grow in prayer, it's not, or grow in faith, rather than, uh, rather than having our faith lessened as a result. So Right. And that real substantial change in you as well. That God just doesn't desire a temporal good for you um, that you might be praying for. Please, Lord, let there be a ham and pineapple pizza on the buffet. Um, but he also desires you to have that real eternal spiritual good of those virtues and those habits. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I was in high school, and there was a, uh, a high school classmate of mine. We were friends, but, but I, I, I liked her. I was attracted to her. And I remember, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, crying out, asking God, you know, you know, for us to get to her to be my girlfriend or whatever it was. Um, and that prayer was not answered in, in that way. But years later, I met my now wife uh, and we have four and soon five beautiful children together. So, I mean, that's just one of those high school, high school prayers in particular. You talk about college campus. I think high schoolers prayers are petition. Um, need some purification, but they're still sincere and often cases usually. Uh, but in just another instance, a very practical way, uh, superficial maybe, but real, how God answers prayers in greater ways than we expect or realize. Um, exactly. Any, any, any particular direction that you want to go from there? I, I, there's something I want to come back to, but maybe you have something else that you wanted to point you want Why don't to you next. go where you want to come back to? Okay, so um, the nature. What, what is what does petitionary prayer say about the nature of God? I do think that's uh, you know. I mean, that's not so much the existential. That's more of the metaphysical or the theological. Like sitting back with our you know um, uh, cognac and cigars or whatever. So how does this exactly work? I mean, God knows what I need. God is unchanging. He knows what I need. Uh, so why bother praying at all? Um, I can't change his mind. Uh, he knows I'm going to ask him. So what's the point in me asking him um, if, if all of those things are real? Um, so from, from the, in the sense of, in that sense, what's the point of petitionary prayer? Um, and I think it's sort of maybe repeating some of the things that we've always, we, we've already spoken to. By, God wants us to ask for things because he is our loving father. Um, a father desires to give his children the things he wants, but a father wants his children to ask for them as well, uh, to, not to lord over them the power, but because he wants to have that relationship. And by me asking God for things, just as by, by my children asking me for things, it strengthens our relationship. And I'm, I'm happy to give them something, even though it's not always what they want it to be. But it, it, we're not changing God's mind, but it's strengthening the relationship that we have. Um, do you have any thoughts? How do, you, how do you answer the whole question of, you know, well, it's not changing God's mind. He already knows what's the point along those lines. Right. Well, I think that's precisely comes into that. And again, going to the idea of the God's forming you for salvation. In this sense, you know, that he's forming you uh, for a specific purpose, specific goal, that he wants to create within you a certain uh, reality, if you will. It's not just a matter of 
um, doing this or that or God. In a certain sense, I think that that, that first notion of kind of the maybe a, a fatality or fat, fatalism, I guess, would be the proper word. You know, of well, God's going to do His thing anyway, so what's the matter if I pray? It's 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 not a Catholic notion of who God is. Right. It assumes that God just doesn't care that He's just doing His own little thing wherever He is, wherever He wants, however He wants. Right. When God is intimately and uh, incredibly desires to be in and a part of our life. Right. Yeah, I think one way to um, see this is there are two extremes that that we that we want to avoid. The one is that sort of what you're just saying, the notion of um, God, a, a fatalistic conception of, of God's providence. God is sort of the stoic, the, the de- deistic conception of God, uninvolved in human affairs. Um, he's not that, but he's also not the divine candy dispenser that I can, you know, yeah. just get from what from from it whatever I want whenever I want it you know um, that's not what but again I, the divine not, candy dispenser is not a personal God either exactly exa- right precisely and it's, it's that's not a, a fatherly being who desires a relationship both of them um, in a sense depersonalize God from being someone into just something perhaps of great power um, in the candy dispenser side uh, but still not really interested um, in a relationship with me. Exactly. Yeah, not not interested at all in that. And the complexities that go about a relationship, you know, it's just that in the same way that you being married, this mean that it's instant gratification dispenser. Right. You know, right. but there's a whole relationship that must go as a part of it. Yep. Um, and so I, I think just again, prayer. It's helpful to the context of prayer being growth in uh, a relationship, growing in in knowledge and love of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In all forms of prayer, including petitionary prayer, can help us to better understand why God does always answer prayers in the way that we expect Him to. Yeah? Exactly. So, So that's just, you know, sort of the whole, you know, God, what God isn't, and therefore what petitionary prayer isn't, is, is um, something I want to point out. Anything, anything else that you want to point out about the whole reality of petitionary prayer? That particular issue? No. 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 Okay. All right. But I got other things. But I don't go know right ahead. Go next. Not go right ahead. You go right ahead. Well, I think uh, then. So how is it then that our prayers fit into God's plan? You know, I mean, just if he has this plan, aren't our prayers just mucking it all up? You know, aren't our prayers just a uh, a wrench, a wrench in the gears, a fly in the ointment? Are our prayers uh, um, just uh, messing all these things up in that way? Right. And (laughs) so I think. Well, again, I think that's not a Catholic view of God. Again, that, you know, what is God's providence? What does God's providence consider? What does God's providence entail? His plan, his omnipotence, his omniscience. You know, is it removed then even from knowing and planning for my choice to pray for uh, this or that or another thing? Um, 
But if he's the one who's going to act to, you know, shrink the tumor, if he's the one who's going to act to inspire the cook to put ham and pineapple pizza on the buffet, if he's the one who's going to act in that way, why isn't it within his action, his choices for me to do those things? To me to right. for me to pray for those things. Right. If yeah, God I think is can... the cause, to put it maybe technically, if God is the cause of the change in the world, why can't he not be the cause of the cause within the world of that change? Right. Working through us. Uh, or others. Uh, this to me really gets into the whole, uh, and we've touched on a little bit um, already, you know, God, God's providence and omniscience. He knows from all eternity what I'm going to ask for. And therefore his plan has already taken that into account. But that doesn't, again, we're, there's no fatalism there because he's still, we're still free. And he still desires that in our freedom and in our love for him that we ask for those things, even though he has for all eternity known that we are going to, in fact, ask for them. Exactly. In fact, he's, again, desiring that action within us of the asking. Precisely. Yeah, he does. He knows better than I do. You know, and that's, you know, I, I mean, I, th I think just recently, uh, in the last day or two, I think I'm, my prayer, sometimes, you know, asking for graces or growth in virtue. Um, and sometimes what I can do is I can start, you know, multiplying words and just sort of uh, ramble on an unthinking way. And uh, <laughs> I said, okay, Lord, yeah, like a pagan. Lord, <laughs> you know what I need. I ask you for the graces, the growth and the virtues that I particularly need. Um, you know, other times we all ask for specific things, the, the theological virtues, the moral virtues, and so on. But but part of my prayer, petitionary prayer in that regard, is always asking asking him for the graces for which I am most in need, because I think I know, but he knows me better than I know myself. So, so just trusting in his fatherly care and mercy and asking for what I need most, even though I might not know what that particular thing is. Exactly. Yeah. And I think the beautiful thing, too, is that the more we grow in the Christian life, in that spiritual awareness of our needs and needs of the world, is that we become more in line with his salvific will for ourselves and for the world, and so our prayer, in that sense, becomes more accurate. Yeah, so so over time, hopefully, I hope <laughs> that I'll grow in an understanding, my understanding of what it is that I need to be praying for because I'm growing in self-awareness precisely because of the relationship I have with him in prayer. The more I the more I converse with him, the more he tells me about myself and therefore the more effective or more um, accurate my prayer for my personal needs can be. Exactly. Right. It's beautiful. I was reading up uh, from St. Thomas Aquinas a bit in an article on this. And St. Thomas Aquinas, the angelic doctor, quotes... Uh, St. Gregory very beautifully saying that, um, you know, for, for we pray, not that we may change the divine decree, but that we may in, in, that we may impetrate that which God has decreed to be fulfilled by our prayers. In other words, this is a quote from St. Gregory, that by asking, men may deserve to receive what Almighty God from all eternity has decreed to give. 
right? That in asking, we may deserve to receive what God has already decreed for us to receive. How, how, Maybe that was just a beautiful way to phrase that, that reality of what God wants to do internally within each and every soul on this earth. So we've sort of touched on this already, but, but again, so Pope Gregory is saying that the, the, the act of asking, the fact that we ask, um, has an impact on us that makes us deserving of what it is that God has always planned to give us. Is that, is that what that means? Yes, I think so. That's why I okay. okay. Yeah. And again, that goes back to the whole humility point, which you raised early on, that, that, that asking for something, um, as opposed to demanding it, uh, is, it indicates a posture of humility. Um, which is appropriate considering, again, he's the creator and I'm not, right? Very much so. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't think I have any other points that I, I think... Well, I think one look. thing maybe to conclude with, though, is, you know, for, for people that ask this question, it's, it's, it's a good and sincere question. You know, does my prayer change God? And if not, then is my prayer even have any have a point? Because they're they're thinking seriously about faith. They're thinking seriously about prayer. Right. You know, they're thinking seriously about um, wanting to protect or understand what it means for God uh, to be divine, for God to be uh, holy, for God to be uh, uh, I want to say immovable in that sense, but for Him to be whole and complete in this regard. Right. And I think it comes back to just calling for um, requires a proper understanding of God, but but that's simply that you don't need to get into the whole metaphysics of how does God's omniscience and omnipotence relate with my free will, free will, and so on. Just I, I, in a simple way, God is a loving Father who does want to give His children what they ask for, but knows that sometimes um, what they ask for is not the best thing for them, and He wants us to give us the best. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. All right. Well, shall we leave it at that? I think that's a good, at least, introduction. Uh, any, so you mentioned St. Thomas Aquinas. Um, resources that come to my mind, certainly the catechism and the fourth pillar of the catech, the fourth pillar of the catechism has a section on prayer, and it includes uh, a, a discussion of petitionary prayer as well. Um, you mentioned St. Thomas Aquinas. Um, any other resources that, that you um, call to mind immediately, at least other resources that, that you'd recommend people look at? Um, I, I think uh, Father Thomas Dubay has some good books on this that might be of, uh, of use. Uh, find anything of his, uh, and just in general, uh, anything by him would be uh, certainly efficacious. Efficacious, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, we will leave things at that for this week, and we'll be back with another episode of Prayer Room Penny next week. Thanks, Father, for being here again. My pleasure, and hope you have a wonderful and prayer-filled week down there in the diocesan offices. Thank you very much, Father. And everybody else, have a great Liberty weekend, and we'll see you next week with another episode. God bless.